Goldthorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Nancy Cavanici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen anyone get So in over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt, sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record. 9.68, the wind is okay. How easy was that? It is off the podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you today for the final day of Tokyo 2020, Asterix 2021. Day 16 of competition is done, the closing ceremony is done, the Olympics are done, we made it, we did it, it took us a year, but we're finally here, and that's the way we're going to steer, because I can't drink beer, and that's nowhere near what I was meant to be. I have no idea what's going on. My name is Ben. This intro is never going to end, I fear. I feel that was still more entertaining than the closing ceremony. Um, Joining me to talk about day 16 and the closing ceremony is one half of our beloved duo who we thought reunited last night, but apparently reunited (laughs) and it doesn't feel so good. Uh, Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here for one final time. And uh, I'm actually thrilled to debate with you because, uh, as I said yesterday, I think my expectations are low enough that I didn't completely hate this closing ceremonies. There's some good stuff in there. Did you watch the same thing? Like, what did you watch? I did. (laughs) There's some, there was, well, there's there's an asterisk to put on the closing ceremonies as there is the opening ceremonies, but, uh, well, we'll get into it. Um, I feel like we should just get over and done with. I mean, kind of it's fresh on the minds. We're literally recording this just after it finished and then we can talk about day 16. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know what's happened to the Olympics. Uh, I mean, this is the A pandemic? Well, fuck the pandemic. They could do something. Like, I'm sure they had a plan before the pandemic. Like, I mean, I just watched two hours of videos. They didn't do anything in the stadium. They had a couple of buskers. They had a really cool opera singer. I liked her. Uh, even Paris's display was shipped off to Paris. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I, I don't like, I never thought I'd be sitting here after the garbage that was Pyeongchang and the garbage that was Rio and miss the garbage that was Pyeongchang and the garbage that was Rio. I mean, Pyeongchang, I'm still waiting for Cy, but you had K-pop. That was somewhat entertaining. Rio? I can't even remember the Rio closing ceremony. Oh, Mario. Uh, what happened to Mario? The Shinji Abe or whatever it was. Um, I'm surprised. You got up at 4 a.m. for this, Colin. <laughs> and you're well, 5 all of a.m. 5 a.m. Um, I just, I, I don't know. Like, okay, fine, blame, blame the pandemic. But, I mean... The Olympics happened still. It's not like, you know, we didn't get the Olympic Games still happening. It made one of the best Olympics I've ever seen, but bookended by terrible opening and closing ceremony. I, I said it during the opening ceremony. I'm saying it now. The worst closing ceremony I have ever seen. And I and to, to bookend that, I was at the Gold Coast 2018 closing ceremony. <laughs> I was in the audience for that. And I would rather watch that than watch what I watched tonight. 
Okay, so I'm not going to disagree with you, um, but again, there is that disclaimer we have to say. These opening closing ceremonies would have been radically different a year ago. Uh, they had, you know, very little time before. Um, uh, well, bef the cancellation came with very little time before, so I'm sure that they were well into the way of uh, planning these things. And with all the stops and starts with the Olympics, and particularly, you know, just within the last couple of weeks before the lead up to this. I, I'm going to at least say I can completely understand, as I did for the opening ceremonies, why this is scaled back. Because I don't think there's any way this would have been as scaled, more scaled back than Rio and Pyeongchang, which went other way to say, listen, we're doing this because we don't think we should be burning billions of dollars on a ceremony. Again, kind of understand that thinking. It doesn't necessarily mean it's as entertaining to watch, but with this one, I understand why it's scaled back. For all we know, they could have simply said, listen, we're canceling the closing ceremonies altogether. We can't have that many athletes in one stadium. So they, for what they did, I can see why they were cautious. Doesn't necessarily mean it was the most entertaining thing in the world, but I found some entertainment out of some of the the, the musical numbers in there. Uh, you got to at least give me that the the Japanese ska big band medley the band thing they had was great. I that like was that fun. music. I'll give you that. That was fun music. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the the bond dance, which uh, I like, I like the bond dance because I've watched the Karate Kid Part Two, and it was great to see the instructors going around to the athletes, showing them how to basically the exact same scene from the Karate Kid. You know, like this, like this, and all the uncoordinated white kids trying to keep up in the bond dance. That was fun. Um, other than that, it was you know it was smaller scale. Like you were at the the Commonwealth Games closing ceremonies. I was at the Canada Games closing ceremonies here in Winnipeg a couple of years ago. Both of those are much smaller scale than the Olympics. And I'll at least say both of those felt bigger than yeah. this did. It oh, felt yeah. very small. But the change up of how the, the, the flag bears came in, the big circle, it at least felt different. So I feel like with the opening ceremonies, one of the knocks against it is that it was presented the same as an opening ceremonies ever always would have been, but it was much smaller. So it felt more distracting. It felt like more of a letdown because – if you weren't watching this, if you're watching this 20 years from now, just sort of looking through like our children, hey, let me look at all the history of Olympic ceremonies. They're not necessarily going to know this was a year of a pandemic. They're going to look at the opening ceremony and say, well, that was lame. With this one, it was very clear they were doing something different. And I think that distracted me less. Look, yeah, I let me backtrack. I understand it's challenging times. And yes, you're not going to spend all this money and it would have been different. But it's still it's still the Olympics. It still shouldn't just be a couple of buskers in the middle of a stadium while they spend 75% of the time showing video montages. I, I just I just don't know how I feel about that. I still feel you need to have some sort of element out there that is a bit showy, is a bit flashy. I mean, those athletes looked bored. The, the ones who did were able to show up looked bored. The moth on the podium, to me, was the most exciting thing of it. I, I, I will say, I'll get to the Paris display in a minute. Like, I like the Paris display. The Paris display was epic, but I'm just disappointed that it was a live cross to Paris. Like, I mean, I wanted to see a giant snail walk into the, the stadium and, like, just do something there. Like, the French people in that stadium are probably going, like, oh, here we go, Paris. And then they're going, oh, fuck, I'm watching a video I could have seen in the village. Like, I mean, uh, I don't know, but, like... I Moth, moth and treadmill. That's all I'm going to remember <laughs> from the ceremonies of Tokyo 2020. Uh, for the Paris display, I mean, it was incredible. Uh, I wouldn't mind if they did kind of accommodation that's going forward. Again, completely understand why they didn't have, uh, you know, a Paris display in the stadium. But 
if they did something like this, a combination of stadium display and go to the country display, that would be great. I think, again, it didn't bother me as much because I'm, I'm fairly certain this is what the Pan Am games do. I know they'll have representatives there, but I'm fairly certain that the Pan Am Games will actually have some type of display on video from the other country. They, they, they from memory, uh, Sochi was the first to do it. I remember in Vancouver, they like crossed to Sochi live and they had sort of a, like a, was it a ballet display or a symphony display? Mm. And then in the BC place, they still had like a bit of a display going on. But I remember them saying at the time, like, oh, this is the first, like we are crossing live to Sochi right now. Um, which, I mean, I thought that was cool at the time, but yeah, like, I, I feel like I'm just the negative Nelly coming on here all the time and like, you know, come on, Ben, like get, get, get on with it. But like, again, this is Tokyo. If this was, you know, uh, Rio and I, I'm not expecting much from Rio, like not to disregard Rio, but like, this is a, a, a land of, of technology that we're going to get in five years time. Like, I mean... Again, we talked up the display. I would love to go back and listen to our closing ceremony review of Rio because I'm pretty sure we were like, holy crap, we can't wait for Tokyo. This is going to be yeah. amazing. Um, I'll tell you one thing I actually did in the last 24 hours. Um, I Because I remember when the Beijing opening ceremony was on, everyone was talking it up as like this most amazing opening ceremony. And I was 21 and dumb. I think I went to the dentist that day. So I must have been like half unconscious. And I always remember thinking, like, oh, Beijing wasn't that exciting. But then I went back last night and I went through the highlights and holy fuck, that drumming sequence, like, it just gives me utter, utter goosebumps just watching that. So my only thing right now is thinking that hopefully China, being China, will be like, fuck money, fuck the pandemic, welcome back the drummers from the 2008 Summer Olympics. I've said this after every single opening ceremony we've done. I blame us. We're the curse. Ever since, ever since we've been on air, opening and closing ceremonies have been shit for the Olympics. So, again, the best opening ceremony we have seen since we have started was the Gold Coast 2018 opening ceremony. And there was a giant whale there and Delta Goodrum uh, and surfboards. Like, that was the best. Seriously, you have to admit that. Come on. Like, I know we're an Olympics podcast. We do the Commonwealth Games, sort of. Maybe we'll have to do more next year for for Birmingham. But come on. That's the best. uh, How many have we seen? Four opening ceremonies. That's the best opening ceremony we have seen so far. Uh, possibly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you might be right about that. Uh, I, I think times are changing a lot, too. I mean, the, uh, part of the problem is Beijing set the bar so high oh, yeah. that where do you go from there? And if we were to go back to Athens, Sydney, Atlanta, it's a lot more on scale with what we've been seeing in Rio and Pyeongchang. So I would maybe this is going to settle in and be the new norm. I wouldn't agree with that. Like, um, it's, it's, even Ath- Athens is a very underrated opening ceremony to have a swimming pool in the middle of that stadium, to drain it in two minutes, have boats. and the, the, like just, Oh, I remember that, yeah. We're going to do, we, we've talked about this, we're going to do opening ceremony episodes. I, I want this to be a project for us next year that we will watch opening ceremonies, like do commentary over them or something along those lines because there are some ones that you're forgetting. Like, like maybe I'm just being biased with Sydney. I'm sure you had a similar feeling during Vancouver. It was that build up and just the countdown. And as a Canadian, you're watching Vancouver. This is amazing. Like I, I will never forget as a 13 year old, that build up to that night of Sydney, 2000 and sitting in my living room, seeing that horse come out the whip and just, just everything about that opening ceremony lives with me to this day. So, and look again, as you wait, said, wait, so you're saying if we had had, a treadmill come out and a whip, it would have yeah. enhanced this one. I want a moth. Run, kid, run. <laughs> I want a moth with a treadmill on it flying in for the Paralympics. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, look, I, I, I guess I'm just being Mr. Negative, but um, okay, I, I did like. I, I'm negative, like I'm negative too. But again, I, I think there needs to be that disclaimer. It wouldn't have been this way in any other year, you know. And and for that, for that matter, I hope that Tokyo gets it back. Like, you know, it, it's really a tricky thing. Is Japan going to want to invest in something like this again? Are they going to be able to get the people? That's the other thing. The, the big thing that fell apart with Calgary, you know, with Calgary's uh, last bid was that the public wasn't behind it. Like, this is too much money to spend. I sincerely hope that they can rally the people behind it because I know that the the IOC, they would give Tokyo another shot at this after this year. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, the big whisper already I'm seeing on social media tonight is that Sapporo was apparently putting their hand up for 2030. So um, it looks like Vancouver, Salt Lake, and who else is in the running for 2030? Uh, I've gone blank. But um, for the winter games, obviously. So... Um, that'll be very interesting because, I mean, I would usually say, well, would Vancouver or Salt Lake get it given that LA's got it in 2028? They wouldn't really mm-hmm. give it to the same continent. Well, I mean, the last three, uh, well, the last two Olympics have been in Asia and the next one's going to be in Asia as well. So we're getting yeah. three back-to-back in Asia. So I, I don't really think that's a problem. Um, I enjoyed the the flags and the circle at the beginning. Uh, I'm with you there. Um the montages were cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I like a good montage. Don't get me. They were they were good and entertaining. Uh, and I'll get to the Paris one in a in a second. But um, I don't know how your commentators were, but I swear the Channel Seven commentators were asleep for half of this because, like, when the flag bearers were coming out, it was literally silence. And then all of a sudden, Joanna Griggs was like, "And the flags are coming into the stadium." And then Hamish Lockham be like, "That's right, Joe. The flags. Yep, there they are." <laughs> it's just like. Get on board, Channel 7. Although I will say, when they showed the Canadians, uh, they straight away were like, wow, and Canada rocking the denim jacket. Where do we get them? Yeah, the merch. Go to hudsonsbay.ca, Joanna Griggs, and you can get them there. Um, that was cool. The The whole light show of the, the rings was cool. I'm watching that oh, the whole okay. time. I was going to add, you probably might be able to the same thing, but I'm going like, oh, that's so cool, that's so cool. And I'm thinking, that's fake, isn't it? Because then you look on Twitter yeah. and it's like on TV versus reality and you see literally nothing's happening in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, and I think with, with um, uh, Sochi, this was another thing that, uh, it, it, that was sort of the first one that used this, you know, 3D effects for the purpose of television audiences where somebody in the stadium is not going to see it, which for these Olympics, fine. But if this just becomes a common thing, I mean, who's going to want to attend opening ceremonies? Like, there's nothing to see. Everything's just graphics. I like the way that they they integrated it in, though, where you had the real fireworks and then this yeah. waterfall comes down. It looked great on TV, but what was really funny is Jamie was looking at this, and at the point where the waterfall light started coming up and forming the Olympic logo, she's like, that's so cool. And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's fake. And then she's like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, well, lights can't form an Olympic logo. <laughs> and so she tuned out. And then when um, the, the the sequence came up with the um, uh, the ska the ska band, she wasn't even watching. She was on her phone. I'm like, Jamie, you should be watching this. This part's pretty good. She goes, why should I watch it? You said it's fake. I'm like, <laughs> lights are fake. People are real, Jamie. <laughs> oh, Jamie, well done. Yeah, the ska band were cool. And I love that opera singer. Holy crap yeah. Uh, she was amazing. I, I mean, I but, love the Olympic hymn as it is, but she get, she shot that out of the park. But one other thing I, I want to add, well, first, just quickly touching this up before I forget the moth, as you mentioned. Um, <laughs> is it trending on Twitter like Treadmill Girl did? <laughs> I want the moth to be trending. The moth was exciting. 
if we can, if we can start the Twitter account for Tokyo closing ceremonies moth. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to um, news. Oh, hang on, sorry. News.com today, you second headline. Unexpected star <laughs> steals the show. <laughs> Yet a tiny insect somehow emerged as the event's biggest star. <laughs> but I have to ask because uh, I was well ahead of you, which is weird. Also, I want to say I, I did mention how, you know, in the United States, like uh, the when when I had put up Simone Biles uh, for Athlete of the Day, which had nothing to do with performance, was more just you know, the, the attention she brought how in the United States, the ratings are so down for these Olympics. They're not even carrying it live. It's wow. not even on. Like they, they've really? got fishing on right now. On NBC. Well, isn't that a thing though? That they, I think that's happened in the past though, that like they got a lot of criticism because they would just wait till prime time. Like I, I, I feel that's something they've constantly done NBC. But they, And I know they have, but it's also weird when you're not carrying anything Olympics when you could yeah. be. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know if it was the same for you when the uh, um, the Japanese lady was talking. Uh, first of all, she had a mask on, but did they have any translator for you? Because it was we, just six yeah. minutes straight with no translation on CBC. Well, well that's uh, we. I don't know if you remember Jared and I talking about our cultural expert that they get from our multicultural channel SBS. Um, and she was useless in the opening ceremony. This time around, she came in, she came in handy because she was translating we- it. So we yeah. had nothing. And to make it worse, I even sent you a picture, um, maybe a, a little bit of a uh, racist moment from Canadians <laughs> where you have a Japanese woman talking and the, the subtitle says foreign alternative language or something like that. <laughs> like alternative language is Japan. It's yeah. the Japanese Olympics. It's not hard to guess. And I'm going to have another one when we get to commentary fails later on. It's very alternative, the Japanese language, you know, I think. About, <laughs> alternative. Um, alternative. Um, the, I mean, the parrot, like, this is the first time I think I, I messaged you, so this is the first time I've ever looked forward to something French. But the, the thing the thing that I found really awkwardly odd about this whole closing ceremony, even the broadcast, I don't know how it was for CBC, but everything just seemed rushed and then it just happened like you kind of expect a process when it comes to these sort of the way it's staggered. So like generally with the, the French sort of thing, like you've got the handover of the flag and then they'll kind of play the national anthem and then they'll go to the display. This one, they integrated the display immediately with the national anthem. And I was kind of, well, this is a bit strange, uh, but okay, fine. It kind of worked. But like even the national anthem, the way they did it, I was like, oh, this is kind of a bit interesting. And then I'm just waiting, and then just I'm like, I'm about five minutes in, going, oh, this must be the display because you've got mountain bike girl riding. No, like that's a bit bloody Paris hoodlums riding around all the, <laughs> you know, the parts of the city. Then uh, you know you've got all these other aspects of it. The thing that I loved, okay, the giant flag on the Eiffel Tower. Can I just put this out? The yeah. giant CGI flag on the Eiffel <laughs> yeah. Tower. How did your how did your Canadian broadcasters explain the giant flag on the Eiffel Tower? It wasn't even mentioned. They were dead silent during the whole display. Okay, so um, good to know because our Channel Seven commentators decided to go, and yes, this is a ninety meter flag that is one of the largest in the world, constructed <laughs> on the Eiffel. And I'm literally going, this is worse CGI than James Bond in Die Another Day kite surfing. <laughs> And you're saying this is real. They literally then cut to the live shot of all the happy French people waving their flags. Going, oh, we're French. The, flag, the largest flag in the world is gone? It's not even on the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, seriously, like, I, I know they get notes given to them. Like, hey, here are your official closing yeah. ceremony notes. So you have the cop. Like, 
did the Paris organising committee do this? Did the Tokyo, or was this just like Jerry in the canteen at Channel 7? Hey, 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 Sean, come here. I'm going to write this on the notes of Joanna Griggs Hamish and that SBS chick. Watch this. Flag, <laughs> 90 metres. <laughs> get this. It's so fucking fake, mate. Yeah, yeah. Largest flag in the world. Shit. See if, see if they'll fucking do that on air. Like, pass it on. <laughs> they are live on the closer. Yes, and this is the largest flag in the world. It was so fake. <laughs> I actually, I was thinking the same thing as you, but I'm thinking it's more likely that it was the French playing the joke. Let's send the note out to everybody. What's your display going to include? The largest flag ever constructed. 100% real. Make sure they sell that it is 100% real. And then they just work in that shot where it's suddenly gone just to make everybody look like bulls. That's what the French would do. I just like the, the, the French comedian. Oh, Pierre, people think France is not funny. I know Jean-Paul. They think we're like the Hungarians. I tell you what, let's make joke. Okay, now it's only Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know. They, they move, they're German French. <laughs> <laughs> I know a largest flag in the world. Oh, oui, oui. Um, and then oh, I have to say, I loved happy French people. Like, And they've got Olympic gold medalists there who were just dancing. Like there was that one, she had the two around her neck. She's like going, oh, I'm French. And like everyone's like, COVID's not a thing in Paris. I thought they were pretty <laughs> bad with it. But then probably my favourite bit is let's zoom in on French President Emmanuel Macron saying like four words. He's like, un, deux, trois. <laughs> and then it zooms out from the Eiffel Tower and it's all like, Bienvenue, Paris, 2024. <laughs> I'm expecting to see Roger Moore and Mayday jump off in the background. <laughs> like, they've got the, like, let's rewind five years ago to Rio. Japanese Prime Minister Shinja Abe dressed as Mario in the middle of a stadium. Everyone falls in, oh, Japan, magnificent. Paris 2024, the French president can say four words. Paris 2024. Um, I can't wait to LA 2028 when we've got the Brisbane uh, display when Anastasia Palaszczuk is uh, still being told by our president, you've got to go to the opening ceremony. Oh, do I have to? You know what would be even better is former California governor Arnold Schwarzenegger putting on the L.A. display. Holy crap, balls. Can we just say that the L.A. display is going to be brilliant oh, yeah. uh, in, in, in four years, also, time, three years' time? Let, sorry. Let's not gloss over the Top Gun crew coming out oh, for yeah. the Paris display. Like, wow. <laughs> Since when does French have an air force? Like, they're usually running away. They've usually got, like, the, the, the planes to cart people out of the country. Quick, we should leave. The Germans are coming. This time around, fuck, they finally got an air force. That would have come in handy, like, 80 years ago france jesus also not to end on a downer but whose idea was it to end the closing ceremonies on a downer they, they have the fireworks display it goes to a commercial break i'm like it's over and then they cut back and they're like we wanted to pay respect to all the people who died in munich let's have a moment of silence again and that's the end like open with that why are you closing on a downer all these athletes are like these athletes our commentators are like these athletes needed a chance to party. These athletes needed to enjoy themselves. How do you want to send them home? A lot of people died 50 we years ago. We didn't get that. Like, seriously. You didn't like, show it? No. because That like, was the, the closing moment. The, the weird part of, like, at the Channel 7 coverage, and I've never seen, like, I think for winter games I've seen this, never for summer. But, like, this is where we're, we're kind of, like, you, you and I were arranging this, and it's like, oh, I might be a little bit, you know, recording this, so, like, they'll do a wrap-up and they'll show the montage and all this sort of stuff. Literally, you've got the word of Arigato or whatever it is, and then literally there's sort of this silence, and then you go, 
Well, as they say in Japan, sayonara. We'll see you next time. And then also they cut straight to the mic. I'm like, what? That's it? And then the montage, which is always my favourite part of the Olympics, is like three minutes long. I remember when Channel 9 had the Olympics in London. They had a really, really shitty montage. It went for about four minutes. It was um, to the uh, Willie Nelson version of um, oh, The Scientist by Coldplay. Really brilliant version of that song. Seriously, look it up. Like, it is amazing. It made my top 100 songs of all time. It is a beautiful version of that song. Ew. It, was, it was so short. I'm like, huh? That's weird. But, like, this one was even shorter. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, the, the end of, like, Olympics montage just goes for, like, 10 minutes. This is, like, three minutes and done. Um, so, no, we didn't see that. But they did that in the opening ceremony. Like, are they just that so apologetic? Maybe CBC decided to re-air it. But So then if that's the case, you know, okay, it's not bad closing ceremony. It's just bad production on CBC's part. Let's bad send CBC. people out with a smile. <laughs> bad CBC. Bad. Um, <laughs> I, did, I did like the, the fireworks at the end were cool. They need to just go for longer, though, because, like, you talk about setting the, the standard high for fireworks. Sydney 2000 did that with the massive fireworks display they did in the closing ceremony. I and mean, that was mm-hmm. Sydney's renowned for its New Year's Eve fireworks. But the one they did for the Olympics was just like incredible. So I know pretty much every Olympics have kind of tried to top that since. Um, but this one, like the way that kind of like around the stadium and it, like, it was amazing, but it just it was done. So, like, oh, that's it. Cool. Um, so well, at one point I love though, that it looked like the entire stadium had exploded. Like, oh yeah. There's so much light that I'm like, oh, they just blew up all of our athletes. <laughs> this is going to be a controversy. Terrorist attack. Like we don't like you. Um, I will say just some of the other things that like when the athletes came out, um, did they show the, uh, and the CBC coverage, the boxing kangaroo that the official Tokyo yes. account was like going and I, I loved it. it was like what's a closing ceremony without a boxing kangaroo and I'm like um I don't know like probably still a closing ceremony um <laughs> but then I, they showed um our decathlete guy uh the bronze medalist he I think he'd picked up because like he had like some blonde on his shoulders basically dancing and now uh, channel seven people are like oh look at him go he's just completed in the most competed the most you know grueling event in the end he's still got time to put another girl on his shoulders <laughs> oh blam I'm thinking like, are you serious like he's getting lucky tonight she's quite attractive <laughs> like he's going home with an artistic gymnast or something like that I don't know like he, he's he's lucky um, and then they kept cutting to the Americans and of course the Americans are on camera with their medals like going hey man red medal yeah woo like Americans and then I think at one point they cut to like the Sri Lankans and they're just like going like yay Sri Lanka <laughs> they got this little flag hooray Sri Lanka are at the Olympics I don't think we won a medal I think they did win a medal maybe I can't remember um, but Outside of that, I've got nothing. I've got nothing to add on the closing ceremony. Um, there was another good uh, moment that Jamie had uh, during um, uh, one of the kind of flex. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was like a flexible gymnast type display during the closing ceremonies. And Jamie's like, wow, that's really impressive. And then she just paused like, could you imagine someone could do that during sex? <laughs> Thank and you, Jamie. Now, Better than the CBC commentary. <laughs> and now Jamie knows why Ben Waterworth likes gymnasts. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, when the Canadians came out with the jean jackets, uh, they, they the Canadian conference said, and how about that, right? Oh, look at this. This is what everybody's talking about. And then they, um, one of the commentators, who I guess was a little bit older, she was like, you know what? It's like, I got to tell you, it's like, to me, this is a dream outfit. When I was in eighth grade, and I looked at Madonna in a jean jacket. I said to myself, I want a jean jacket one day. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> Madonna, Madonna gets mentioned. Madonna. Madonna. Two days in a row, right? Team. Yes. <laughs> and um, then, like, they, they were trying to fill air at one point, right? And I've been talking a lot about, you know, Andy Petrillo, who's one of our anchors here, who's just amazing. Uh, and uh, one of the um, athletes that was with her asked the question, like, so these athletes, they, they, it has nothing to do with what's going on the screen. It's just all of a sudden, you know, they have very restrictive diets. <laughs> you got to imagine when it's over, you're going to eat, you know, a lot. Tell me, Andy, what if you if you were an athlete, what would you eat? She goes, you mean if I was an athlete and I had to restrict my diet? Yes. She goes, well, I'm not an athlete. And I don't have to restrict my diet. And I'm eating pizza. I'm eating lasagna. I'm eating fries. I don't care. I'm like, there, that's what I want out of an anchor. Somebody wow. who, who plays off. You ask a dumb question. I'm going to give you a dumb answer. I'm not an athlete. I eat whatever the heck I want. Give me a pizza right now. Shut up, Bill. <laughs> I, I was actually, the Channel 7 commentators at one point too were praising the Canadians more. So like when they, after the, I think it was the jean jacket comment, they got there and they're like, Let's talk about Canada, shall we? What a games they've had. Seven gold and who can forget their women's football team? And they're like, oh, yes, what a performance that was. So, yeah, they were talking up Canada. They, they were loving the Canadians, the Australians there. So uh, they didn't talk up Britain or France or New Zealand. <laughs> Actually, uh, they mentioned Lisa Carrington like once. Like, oh, and look at Lisa Carrington. They're like, yes. By far their most decorated athlete. Oh, and there's Canada. Oh. <laughs> Let's talk more about the Canadians. <laughs> I swear that's what they were more excited about. One thing I wanted to say, like, the um, was this the first time we've ever had the female uh, marathon ceremony, which I thought was a nice little touch, although they probably could have saved some time by playing the national anthem for both athletes at the same <laughs> time. It was the same national anthem. Um, yeah. But can I just say, Thomas Bark, or should I say, Olympic medalist fencing because I swear every <laughs> single time his name gets mentioned, it has to be like, is that is that Thomas Bach doing that? He's gone, yes, every time I walk in the room, ah, 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 you must say Olympic champion, ah, ah. Like, I swear it'd be like you'd, you'd walk into McDonald's. Like, ah, uh, yes, Thomas Bach, excuse me. Oh, sorry. Thomas Bach, Olympic champion fencing is in the room, everyone. <laughs> like, um, he at least looked engaging when he presented the medal. Sebastian Coe. Jesus Christ, could he be anywhere else? Like Chandlering up, he didn't want to be there at all. He was just like, yeah, have your medal, fuck off. <laughs> I One thing that really bothered me, though, during this speech is, why were they all wearing masks? Like, the athletes are allowed to remove their masks to pose for pictures. Mm. We see during the, all these Olympics, like, everybody's been tested a million times. Yeah, they have the mask thing kind of as, you know, a thing of respect, but I have not seen anybody keep their masks on when they didn't have to. The commentators, you're not hearing commentators in the booth say, all right, I'm going to do Why do we have to have Thomas Bach, who already you can't understand a word the guy's saying, covered in a mask? For, I didn't want, I even told you guys, I'm like, forget about the Japanese what, having no translator. Get us a translator for Thomas Bach. We can't understand him with a, without a mask, let alone with one. And he's still going. He, he doesn't shut up. I think this might have been his shortest ever speech ever, to be completely honest with you there. Um, yeah, no, that's a that's a very good point. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm just so, I don't know. Oh, and the other thing I was going to mention, the the flag coming out, the, the Olympic flag, and they're like, yes, and introducing these legendary people. Here's blah, 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 Olympic champion judo and blah, 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 youth Olympic champion breakdancing and... Olympic medalist and Olympic this and oh and here's doctor oh yes fantastic the last one blah 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 fashion model <laughs> great she's made it 
Like, again, they're taking a leaf out of Giselle from Rio. Like, that was a prominent thing. That was her last walk. Like, she's strutting through the Rio Stadium, the Macaron. Look at her go. They've just got, like, great Japanese people. Karen, they may as well have had Mr. Yagi from the fucking Karate Kid movies, whatever his name is. Like, blah, blah, blah. Fashion model. Like, so? Like, when she got to, you got a doctor who saved countless lives. You've got Olympians, champions. All these Japanese people at home going, oh, there she is. Thanks to her. Fashion model. Thanks to her. I've got bulimia. Oh, love her. (laughs) There she is. Uh, Only other thing I want to add on the Canadian commentary is uh, this was a great day for Canadians being um, mildly racist. Uh, (laughs) So when the the, the one really good section started, the, the ska band, there was just this moment where they're all like, and they're going with the ska routine. Hmm. Yeah, this is a, it's a very Jamaican sound that they're paying tribute to here. <laughs> I'm sorry that Japan can only have traditional, you know, ethnic Jap- Japanese music, that music doesn't exist in Japan unless it's dung, dung, dung. Like we had the, ca- the Canadian closing ceremonies with freaking Nickelback, Avril Lavigne. You're telling me that that is the definition of Canadian sound? Isn't it? <laughs> no! <laughs> I mean, you ask anyone in Australia, name me famous Canadian music. They're going with Avril Lafayette and Nickelback, so I don't know what you're complaining about. Uh, we weren't embarrassed in, in Kylie Minogue performed at the closing ceremony of Sydney. Yeah, that's Australian pop it's, music. It's Deal just, with it. Why is, but again, that is pop music, pop music that is popular in that country. The assumption that Japanese people are still listening to traditional Japanese music on the radio. Like, well, are you telling me that rock music was not invented in Canada, but Nickelback headlined, you know? Let's let's not forget during Turin. Oh, <laughs> oh Jamie. Whoa, she got heated with Nickelback. See, that's what I'm saying. Not Canadian. I, I, my most memorable traditional music of all time was during Turin when they used traditional artist Ricky Martin from Italy to close <laughs> out the Torino. Do you remember that? Ricky Martin. No. And, and bon, oh no, bon Jovi was uh, Salt Lake. They're American. That's embarrassing. Actually, can we talk about underrated ceremonies? Go back and watch the closing ceremony of Salt Lake. That is like oh, I love that. the creme de la creme of amazing music, like mm-hmm. Kiss, Bon Jovi, I think, was it NSYNC were in the opening or the closing? I think they were in the opening. But, like, holy crap balls, the Salt Lake. When I used to watch the Olympic Channel and I'd just be flicking on, whenever the Salt Lake, clo- I was up because I remember the T-Rex heads. They were great. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I can't wait till we get to that one. Um, the one thing I, too, I, I, I like to mention, too, our commentators get there when um, the Greek national anthem is being played. Let's start talking all over it. Oh, yes, the blah, blah, blah. It's like... Be respectful to Greece. Without them, we wouldn't have the Olympics. Would you talk about the Australian nations? Like, what is that? Like, I'm not even Greek and I'm offended. Like, Like, everybody, please rise and continue your conversations amongst yourselves. (laughs) And the one thing which I should have mentioned this last night, it gets brought up on every single closing ceremony, winter or summer, when the athletes come out together I'm like counting down the clock until somebody says it. The idea for this came from an Australian back in Melbourne, 1956. Like, I don't know, whatever his name was, you know, Jack Smiggins, wrote to the IOC and were like, why do we have to have the closing ceremony so formal? Why doesn't everyone come out together? So they adopted it for Melbourne and have had it ever since. Literally every Olympics here in Australia, it gets mentioned at every closing ceremony. 
Wow, you know, you might as well just claim credit for creating the Olympics. <laughs> Bloody oh, Pierre de Coubertin, very Australian. G'day, mate. My name's Pierre Pierre de Coubertin. That's me. Yep, yep. And this is my mate Baza. <laughs> my other cousin Thomas Bach, Olympic champion fencing. Uh- <laughs> oh, I know. I know we have to move on to the the final day's events as well. But one more thing. Tell me that your day was not made by watching Thomas Bach give elbow bumps. Like, oh, yeah. that's what my life needed was Thomas Bach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that man, I mean, he, he doesn't shut up. He, he counts like the count. And actually, sorry, to correct yourself, Colin, tell me your day wasn't made by Thomas Bach, Olympic champion fencing, giving elbow <laughs> bumps. <laughs> Come on, Colin, get it right. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that, that was the same point with Sebastian Coe. He's so bored. Like, you're... <laughs> Stuck up hoity-toity British wanker, like, giving medals out, you know? Jesus Christ. Um, Yeah, I, I've got I've got an interesting thing that happened during the coverage before, but I'll save that for, like, our, our commentary things because I thought that was kind of uh, interesting along the way there. Um, but uh, outside of the closing ceremony, we did have a final day of competition happening today, day 16, the final day. And uh, while Australia didn't win anything, we didn't expect to win anything. That was it. We're still recovering from the boomers and all that kind of stuff. Canada won a gold medal, Colin. This was uh, yeah. I, I, I'll be completely honest with you. I saw her, so Kelsey Mitchell in the women's sprint, I saw her second race in the semi. And I'm like, oh, she's one up. Here we go. And I saw her like well and truly get beaten. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. She'll yeah. probably end up finishing fourth. So I turned it off and I went and made lunch. Came back <laughs> later and I'm looking at my phone, Twitter. It's like, Canada's won their seventh goal. I'm like, how? She got thrashed. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what happened? Uh, but great result. Was this was this something that people were predicting or was it a bit unexpected? No. Yeah, this was an unexpected one. Um, it, it, so unexpected that even uh, when they, we ended off yesterday, the – a lot of the the social media stuff you saw was like, hey, we've got a few more chances tomorrow. And they're mentioning her along with every single athlete. It wasn't even like, here's our best shot. It's like, she's got equal chance to the guy who came in third last in the marathon. You know, that's that's how big of a talking point she was. But what's exciting about that is I mentioned this RBC training ground thing that they started around the time of Rio, where what they wanted to do was improve, you know, uh, Canada's medal uh, hopes in Olympics by identifying athletes, even if it's not their sport. And she was like a soccer player who just tried out for this. And they said, Hey, you might be good at cycling. Let's see if we can coach you and develop you. And literally within a few years, she's a gold medalist. Like that's completely unprecedented. And and what's so great about this, we look at, oh yeah, well, Canada's done much better at the Olympics. A lot of people are saying it's like, oh, it's because the women decide to compete. Well, women were always competing. It's because Canada got behind summer athletes and said, let's do something to shake it up. Let's figure out where we're no we're genetically not any different than the Americans. So let's figure out what we're not doing that they're doing. Which comes uh, like in 180 days time in Beijing. If Canada underperform at the Winter Olympics, they're all going to get shot. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Like, Look at our summer athletes, you pathetic winter fools. Like- you know, during Sochi, where everybody underperformed and they'd always cut to Putin, and he was like, you know what? Your house is going to be burned to the ground when you get home. That's what Trudeau is going to be doing in Beijing. Well, I, mean, I love all these tweets like, you know, Trudeau's doing this sort of stuff. He's literally during Beijing, like the men's hockey team go out in the quarterfinals. Fucking pathetic. Don't even show your faces at home, JT. 
Like, I, I, I love the positivity of world leaders. Like, the Indian Prime Minister has been going crazy. I'm sure ScoMo has. I don't really follow ScoMo. But, like, I want there to be a super... Like, I'm sure the French guy there with his four words on the Eiffel Tower is going, oh, pathetic, bullshit. You cannot even be Germany on metal tally. Fuck you. Like, I want honest world leaders. <laughs> Like, mm. The Canadian Beach Volleyball players go out in the quarterfinals, Trudeau. Pathetic. <laughs> World champions. Don't even bother showing your face in Canada. Well, go live in we... Montana. Well, now we know why their homecoming is in Winnipeg. It's like, you know what you get for this? We're sending you to Winnipeg. <laughs> Do you have to pay to go to that? I was, I, I went to the Team no. Canada app. Well, in, in Toronto, you've got to pay for it because I, I I haven't even talked about the fact that on the Team Canada app, it's actually pretty cool, and Olympic Australia Olympic Committee doesn't have one this uh, Olympics around. There's a little two-bit video game on the uh, Team Canada app, Colin. You can play that. But it's got, like, the welcome home thing. you got to pay, like, $17 for it. I'm like, what? you got to pay tickets for it? Yeah, here it's just in the, uh, like, in the centre court of our biggest mall, um, and, and it's probably a way for them to try to, hey, let's get some people back in the mall. You know, you don't have to be scared to go out in public anymore. Uh, but they're also going to be live streaming it here. So it's it's 100% free here. So this is Team Canada Homecoming with Josiah and Elijah. Elijah Woods! Elijah Woods is hosting this. Wow. <laughs> uh, 1695 at the CF Sherway Gardens, the West Mall, Toronto. Uh, there you go. So um, Toronto... Typical Toronto. Uh, but have you not seen this? Look, Sports Smasher. Like, you can play it. Can you, can you see that there, Sports Smasher? Slightly. Let's play it. This has got some cool, like, two-bit sounds. I don't know if this is going to come across here on the, uh, the old microphone, but it's kind of uh, I was playing this the other day and I didn't do very well. It's, <laughs> it's loading. This is great podcasting. People can see it. Are you ready for this? Tap to start. All right. Cool, funky music. All right. And I've got two little athletes here, and I've got to tap the start. Oh, and I'm shooting a tennis ball. Yep. Oh, we need you commentary right now, eh? All right. And ping and pong and ping and pong. <laughs> table tennis, table tennis. Anyway, uh, Sports Smasher, download now uh, your, on your iPhone or other ones. I, I loved um, the the only Australian uh, athlete today that got any notoriety was uh, Matthew Glatzer in the, um, the, the men's Kieran. He finished fifth. But apparently all of Malaysia officially hates him and Australia because at some point during the race, he, uh, I think, let through Jason Kenny, the eventual gold medalist and Britain's most decorated Olympic athlete, his seventh gold medal in uh, Olympic history. Um, did I didn't watch it. I just I was reading this. He did something which allowed Jason Kenny to overtake the Malaysian and basically went on to win. And so the Malaysian Moed Arazilasi Awang, who was a world champion and got the silver. Malaysia's never won an Olympic gold medal, apparently, which is amazing. I, I would assume Malaysia would have won a gold medal. And so all of Malaysia apparently have ripped into Australia on Twitter saying that our cyclists cost them their first ever gold medal. So on behalf oh, of Australia and Malaysia, that, I'm sorry. I'm going to say, let's give that Australian the athlete of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I like Malaysia. <laughs> I've been to Malaysia twice. Better than a Brit. Come on. Um, outside of Canada's gold, we should go over the final medals for the day in the Olympics. Uh, the other big one today was the men's marathon and was it Uliad Kipchoge? Is that how you say his name? Eliad, Eliad Kipchoge. Not even close. Uh, <laughs> the, the greatest uh, long-distance runner of all time, according to Bruce McAvaney, took the gold mm-hmm. uh, ahead of the Dutch and the Belgium. Uh, the basketball, surprise, surprise, women, uh, America, uh, they won it. 
uh, ahead of Japan. France got the bronze. The uh, boxing, uh, so no surprise in the men's lightweight. Andy Cruz, who beat Harry Garside in the semis, he waltzed away to the goal. Did you see, actually, or just on the boxing, we should have mentioned this yesterday, but I only saw it today, so probably not my fault. The Brazilian who won the gold yesterday actually got it in a knockout. So he was getting no. smashed by this Ukrainian, like absolutely getting pulverized. And then in the third round, he just went smack. Knocked the Ukrainian down and won the gold on knockout. It was pretty cool. Check it out. I wish I wish I had to see that because I would have given him athlete of the day yesterday. It was incredible. Um, so Andy Cruz got the gold ahead of Kayshawn Davis of the US. In the super heavyweight, the big boys, Uzbekistan got the gold. Bakadir Jalilov ahead of the US's Richard Torres. Britain and Kazakhstan with the bronzes there. In the women's lightweight, Ireland took the gold. Kelly Harrington. Ahead of Brazil, uh, Thailand, and Finland got another medal, yay, in the uh, boxing. And the women's middleweight, Lauren Price for Britain, ahead of Quan Lee of China. The Dutch and Rock got the bronze. Uh, as I said, in the Kieran, Jason Kenny, officially. So we've had a few countries now have got their new officially highly decorated athlete of all time Australia, Canada, UK, New Zealand. Jason Kenny now with seven Olympic gold medals to add to a bunch of other silvers and bronzes he's gotten. Uh, Malaysia, silver, the Dutch, the bronze. The women's omnium, yep, I still don't understand it. Uh, Jennifer Valente got the gold for the US, Japan, silver, the Netherlands, bronze. And the women's sprint, Kelsey Mitchell, gold for Canada, Ukraine, silver, Hong Kong, bronze. The rhythmic group all around. An upset, Bulgaria took it ahead of rock. Italy with the bronze. The handball, I watched this one today. I loved it. France took the gold ahead of Rock and Norway got the bronze. Women's indoor volleyball. Now, this is one I might bring up a little bit later on. Uh, the US won the gold. Their very first gold in women's volleyball. Didn't realize yeah. that. Uh, they beat Brazil. They thrashed Brazil. I watched all of that today as well. Serbia with the bronze. And in the water polo, which was the last event. So, like, the men's ice hockey is generally the last gold middle of the winter. So the water polo is the last event of the uh, the summer. <laughs> Serbia took the gold ahead of Greece and Hungary, uh, which means the medal tally. And I will say we've we've posted already on our social media the day sixteen medal tally, but we will be posting the full medal tally on our social media. So get excited for that. But the US came out of nowhere, did not lead this medal tally all Olympics. And what did they win today? Three, four gold medals. Um, three gold medals. China won none. So they've they've done a Bradbury. The US uh, have won the Olympics. <laughs> thirty nine gold, forty one silver, thirty three bronze. Three in a row for them. Because if China had done it, that would have only been the second time they had done it. In the first since Beijing. So one hundred and thirteen. The only nation to get over hundred. So well done, America. China. They led it all Olympics. Uh, but they, I think, oh, a couple of days Japan did, but uh, 38 gold, 32 silver, 18 bronze, 88. So unfortunately, all of their athletes are probably going to be shot on return to Beijing. Japan, <laughs> their most successful Olympics ever, 27 gold, 14 silver, 17 bronze, 58 in total. Britain end up in fourth, the bastards, 22 gold, 21 silver, 22 bronze, 65 in total. Rock, great debut Olympics for them. I look forward to seeing how this emerging nation goes in future Olympics. 20 gold, 28 silver, 23 bronze, 71 in total. Obviously, we know Australia will eventually be made into fifth once Rock gets disqualified for all their drugs. Uh, so we finished with 17 gold. The silver let us down. We were the only country in the top 10 with single-digit silvers. God damn it, Australia. Get more second places. Uh, seven silver, 22 bronze, 46 in total. And Canada, you got 11th. Uh, seven gold, six silver, 11 bronze, 24 in total, which is so fascinating to see. 11th, 12th, and 13th. So Canada, Brazil, and New Zealand, you all got seven gold and six silver. But luckily, the Canadian gold got you into 11th place because you got more bronzes. 11 bronzes, 8 to Brazil, 7 to New Zealand. 
Now, I want to um, go over some of the, the country's performances uh, in the top 10 compared to other Olympics, and maybe we can sort of do that uh, in a bit of a mini wrap-up we'll do today because we'll do our main wrap-up tomorrow. But in terms of, I just again, Canada's perspective, so this is your most successful Olympics outside of LA, 84, and again, we know they don't really count. <laughs> but, I mean... How is it being talked about now? Like, I know it's only the closing ceremony just finished. I'm sure you're not watching CBC mornings with Jack Smiggins. But, like, I mean, is is this uh, – clearly it's got to be talked about as a massive success. I mean, seven gold, your highest amount of gold since Barcelona. I mean, generally you could barely struggle to get beyond three, but you basically mm-hmm. double that in these Olympics. Yeah, I mean, Rio was our most successful um, last time, I believe, because we had hit 22 – and just looking at the medal table from uh, Rio, we were in 20th place overall. So we went from 20th to 11th, which is, it's easy to say we won two more medals this time, but I mean, the, the amount of golds we won is the difference. The the uh, overall performance start to finish is the difference. You know, we've had a lot of uh, summer Olympics where our bragging is London. London was a good games for us and we won a single gold, Rosie McLennan. That was it. Two gold. Uh, we, what was our second gold in London? Uh, is that when you got the weightlifting? Was that was, was that a drug one given to you afterwards? Or oh yeah yeah that's that yeah that was a posthumous, <laughs> which actually that that was interesting because I think we mentioned that on the episode and I'm like yeah. no that didn't happen and I think I'm like, oh wait wait that was like because that was a couple of years ago it took like six we got or seven in, years we got that in London too we got an extra gold because um the race walk Jared Talent got the gold because the Russian probably in first uh, was disqualified <laughs> a couple of years later <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like it's now we're starting to see it. I think it was yesterday or the day before where you were mentioning like, oh, is is the fact that Canada's just broken the, their their metal record being talked about? I'm like, no, not, not yet, actually. Now you're seeing it everywhere. It's just this, the amount of medals displayed everywhere on social media. I think the other thing that's really exciting about these games is that uh, typically you'll get a lot of people who just sort of look at the headlines and they don't know what's going on. People are educated this time. Like you can tell Canadians are really watching. They're paying attention. Uh, because they know not only know the names of everybody on the women's soccer team, but they can tell you why Damian Warner was the flag bearer. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a more unanimous agreement from the public when they've named a flag bearer as Damian Warner. People were like, of course, that's the flag bearer. Like, how could it be anybody other than him? And yet, you know, they, they still know Evan Dunphy. You know, they know Kelsey Mitchell. They know all these names. Uh, overall, I think this is going to be a breakthrough for Canada because we've – I, I think mentioned yesterday, we're slowly transitioning towards being a winter and summer nation. Uh, Rio, it was like, wow, that was unexpected success for us to actually follow it up and do even better this time. It means it's not a fluke because there's a lot of times where, where, you know, a country may surprise Italy surprises in the sprinting. Well, we'll see what happens, you know, in Paris, if they can actually hold that through. We should have mentioned Damien Warner was your flag bearer. Cause of course that was announced in the, in the period between there. But um yeah, it, it's very interesting to, to see how that goes because, I mean, yeah, seven gold back in Barcelona and you went three, 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 two, four, seven. Um, so pretty pretty incredible for that there to think about that. Um, I mean, Australia, it's not at all a uh, hidden secret that we've had a very successful one. I mean, our most gold ever equal with uh, Athens. So we won 17 back in Athens, 17 this time in Tokyo, so a record in terms of uh, gold, equal gold. Um, and in terms of total, it is equal third. Uh, so we equal the amount of medals we won in Beijing with 46. 
Only Athens with 50 and Sydney with 58. We won more medals in total. Look at Sydney, 25 silver. Jeez, that's one where you wanted to translate a few of those into gold. So uh, I, I'm calling this now. It's 11 years early, but I'm telling you, we will get to 20 in Brisbane. We will finally reach the magical 20. We've never gotten that many. So uh, that, that'll happen in Brisbane. I'm telling you now, and if it doesn't, I will get a tattoo of Nickelback on my shoulder blade. There. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be dead before then now that I've said that. <laughs> um, but anyway, but yeah, I mean, it's, the thing is, uh, just while we're on the topic, I mean, so many countries had their best ever Olympics. One, we've, we talked about India. This is actually India's best ever performance at the Olympic Games. They ended up with a gold, two silvers and four bronzes. So again, for a country like India, I think that's kind of weird, like that they got that little medals, but that actually is their best ever performance ever at an Olympic Games. Uh, New Zealand as well, uh, in terms of total, 20 in total, now, they got seven gold, which is only second to LA, where they got eight. But again, LA doesn't count. But, um, I mean, even then, that's pretty crazy to think that New Zealand can walk away with seven freaking gold medals for a country their size. The one that I wanted to point out, too, actually, because I know in Athens, Australia got talked up a lot because we were the first ever country to win more gold medals in the games after we hosted it. Because generally, like, a country will do so well in the, the Olympics they host, and then they sort of fall down the wayside. I know uh, the UK have kind of bucked that trend a lot as well, but Australia was the first. I want to mention Brazil. Uh, Brazil in Rio got seven gold, six silver, six bronze for 19. Tokyo, they went seven gold, six silver, eight bronze, 21 wow. in total. So Rio helped them to get two more bronze medals. Uh, so well done, Brazil, because they're, they're kind of a bit Canadian-esque where they got a lot of threes there. Go back to Sydney. Brazil did not win a gold medal in, in Sydney at all. So uh, that's pretty crazy. Look at that. France ahead of the ones they're hosting in a few years. So they've got a bit of improvement. They got uh, 10 gold in Rio, 10 gold in Tokyo. They went from six in Rio to 10th. The French are running away from the top 10. How typical of them. Um, Italy improved. They went from 28 medals in Rio to 40 this time around. 10 gold this time around to 8. Germany, I believe, fell. Uh, they got 5 less medals than Rio, but got 1 more gold. The great Dutch, who were predicted to win everything by grace note, well, they got 2 more gold. They got 10 gold to compared to 8 in Rio. So they went from 11th to 7th. So uh, their best showing since Sydney, although they got 12 gold in Sydney. Uh, and Rock, how did Rock do? Um... Actually, only got 19 gold in Rio, Russia. And so what have they got? Uh, 20 this time. So they actually did better. I guess the drugs do work. Um, <laughs> but Britain, 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 Britain. Um, 29 in London, 27 in Rio, 22 in Tokyo. They went from second. Can you remember they got second in Rio? Jesus. To fourth in Tokyo. So I'm sure they're doing that. But the US, even though they won the Olympics, again, I've got to say, underperformed, Colin. 46 gold in Rio, only 39 in Tokyo. Um, so, come on. It's and all on you, Trayvon Brommel. Exactly. And China, though, 26 gold in Rio, 38 in Tokyo. Big improvers. Uh, the the Chinese, that's what I'm talking about. The, the two that I quickly wanted to point out, though, that I feel sorry for on the medal tally. Um, the Ukraine. Now, they finished in 44th. One gold... Six silver, 12 bronze, 19 medals. This is, again, my the Ben Waterworth theory rewards the total, not for gold. You think that's bad? Let's go down to greatest country in the world, Kazakhstan. Zero gold, 
zero silver, eight bronze. 83rd place because they got eight bronze. I mean, Bahrain finishes like 10 spots higher than them because they got one silver uh, versus eight bronze. I mean, Jesus Christ, Borat is going to be like flogging them when they get back to Kazakhstan, (laughs) isn't he? Well, there's no running of the Jews in the Olympics, so. (laughs) No, exactly. Apparently not. Um, What did you watch today, Colin? Uh, I watched the full marathon. It's actually the first time I've ever watched the marathon. Usually I'll, you know, start it, I'll tune out, I'll check back in around, you know, 30 to 35 kilometers. I watched it start to finish, uh, which was incredible. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I think that part of it has to do with, um, you know, how brutal the conditions were. Uh, we'll get to it a little bit later on. I'll have more to say on it, but I think a typical drop-off rate in the marathon in the Olympics is about five to 10%. <clears throat> Interesting, uh, you know, our good friend Abdi, who we interviewed recently, finished 41st, which uh, you'd think that's not great. Well, when you consider that 30, almost 30% drop off rate in this Olympics is ridiculous. The fact that you finish, I think, is a gold medal for anybody, especially finishing at 44 years old. I see he got a season's best, so he'll be. Yeah, and the guy's 44 years old and he doesn't plan to retire yet. (laughs) I want to see him back. Let's Which, let's do it for Paris Abbey. I, I saw his social media post that he was happy. He was happy. Uh, I think his teammates uh, did well. But I, I got excited when I first saw the results because I see in silver Abdi Nagia and Bashir yeah. Abdi. I'm like, oh Abdi. I'm like, oh wrong Abdi. <laughs> <laughs> so. It threw me off so many times throughout it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that was just an incredible race all around. You know, the Elliot Kipchoge, who uh, obviously you can't pronounce his name, but <laughs> won the gold greatest of all time. Uh, it was runaway for him. Uh, but the other three who are battling it out, or I think the other four who are battling it out for the silver and bronze, like that was a race to the finish. And what makes it all the more impressive is um, I believe they said that only five, now again, disclaimer on this, you know, you're not going to set a world record time in the Olympics uh, and Abby kind of shed light on this too. Cause I was sort of asking him like, you know, how do you run in the heat? Cause I always know that the Olympics are like, you know, in August. And he says, well, traditionally you don't do full marathons in the summer. You know, you save it for the fall, you do it in the spring. That's why you don't really have world records in the Olympics, but uh, five people in Olympic history had gone under two hours and 10 minutes. Five people in this race alone, I believe went under two hours and 10 minutes. So uh, that's just, just to show in this heat with oh well, they had the time wrong on CBC. Well, three, the other ones are close three, to two ten. Well, the the bronze guy got two ten exactly. Fourth got two okay. ten two, and uh, fifth yes. got two ten sixteen. Yeah. So we're basically like let's just say they're basically you know under. If we were to look at the top times of all time now, almost fifty percent of the top Olympic marathon times of all time are going to be in the hottest Olympics ever, where there was the largest dropout rate ever. That's crazy. Uh, and then I, I also watched the the women's volleyball too. Oh, you got to say something on that? Oh no, it was, it was, I, I thought you'd finish, so I was jumping ahead. But continue. Uh, I watched the women's volleyball twice. Uh, it was great. <laughs> Once because I fell asleep watching it, the other time because I wanted to finish it. Um, the the boxing, a little bit of the boxing. Um, I did, didn't have time to catch up on all of them before the opening ceremony or so the closing ceremony started. I'm still going. And it's almost opening ceremonies for Paris, but uh, <laughs> closing ceremonies almost finished before that. And then I did catch the cycling. Um, and I don't know if you saw that one really big wipeout uh, in the, uh, what, what do you call it, the 90-lap event or whatever that went on? Oh, the Omnian that you need a, a physics degree to understand. Yeah, there was a couple in that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a massive wipeout uh, with, I don't know, probably about six or seven riders. 
Uh, it looked like some of them almost got run over. And uh, I was surprised because I think one of them was Australian. I thought that you were going to be really mm. upset that nobody came back to check up on them. <laughs> yeah. I, Australia tuned out in day 16. We won our medals. We knew there was no chances. <laughs> we knew. I was just going to quickly add that um, one thing we didn't mention when we were talking about the 1500 uh, last night, I guess we weren't aware because we were recording while there. Oh. Um, I think it was the top five or top six ran faster than any other. Like, Stewie McSwain, who finished seventh, I believe, had he run that time in Rio, he would have won the gold medal. So yeah. that's how fast that race was um, last night. So that was uh, pretty incredible. But um, I didn't, I unfortunately didn't catch any of the marathon, but I got up and I saw the um, replay and the replay and the replay because Channel 7 were like, oh, day 16, so much live sport. But let's check out our skateboarding gold medal. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Um, but I ended up uh, catching the volleyball and the handball. I think I saw a bit of the women's basketball match, but I, I was yeah, I was hanging for the handball and then I was hanging for the volleyball and both didn't disappoint. They were both very entertaining. And then I watched the boring closing ceremony. So that's uh, generally <laughs> lots of more replays of, of Channel 7 stuff going on. Um, do you have any other Canadian results at all, Colin? Any that uh, that's uh, outside of your gold medal? Uh, obviously, not a lot uh, going on today for mm-hmm. a lot of results, but... No, we had one other cycler, uh, Allison Beveridge, uh, who was in the, the Omnium, uh, the, the physics degree is what he said. Uh, so I think she, uh, well, she was knocked out uh, before they even got to the finals. So ninth place overall, I think, is her finish. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess in the marathon, the, um, the Canadians who were running, uh, at one point, Cameron Levins was actually in a really good spot. He was like in a top 25 spot for a good chunk of the race. He ended up dropping down to 72nd, I think only 74 or 76, 76 finished overall. So yeah, he ended up in, what would that be? Uh, fourth or fifth last place. But again, finishing the race when 30 people didn't, that's not bad. Uh, the other Canadians did a little bit better. Ben Preisner, uh, he was in 46 overall and Trevor Hoffbauer, uh, was just behind him in 48th. Sounds like a very, uh, he'd, he'd fit well in Germany. Hofbauer. Uh, or, or, or is that David Hasselhoff and Jack Bauer's love child? Like, there's oh. a love child. Damn yeah. it. Let's watch Some the people stand in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Running down the beach. Um, yeah, uh, Australia Today, Annette Edmondson uh, was the one who crashed that you're mentioning in the Omnium. She finished 12th overall. Um, in the the Matt guy that all of Malaysia hates, he finished fifth out of six. So we, we made a final, so we could have technically won a medal today, but did we? No. Um, and we had a couple of runners in the marathon. I believe we had the first retiree, Jack Rayner, was classified last. He was the first one to pull out. Uh, Brett Robinson finished in 66, and Liam Adams in 24th, which I think most wow. Australians would take. Um, I don't really know how we... I don't think we've ever won a medal in the marathon. I doubt we would have. But, um, yeah, that was uh, that was how that played out. Um, athlete of the day. I'm intrigued. I've got a, I've got a couple of ones here. But I, I feel one of mine is going to be the same as yours based on today. Well, that, I was going to say Elliot Kipchog uh, yeah. for the, the marathon. I, I guess just to uh, put an exclamation point on him, you know, he already has the world record. Uh, he t- technically is the first man he ran. Nobody has ever run in the world's history is nobody has ever run under two hours before in a marathon. He did that 
but it wasn't counted as an official result or whatever because it wasn't a qualified race or whatever. But we're talking about the fastest man in history. And I mean, he he completely ran away with that race. So, I mean, he would be my main one. Although I, I do have to say, you know, hearing uh, your story about the Malaysian, I'm actually kind of intrigued on that if that's one of yours. No, he's not. Had he won gold, he would have been. Um, but the other ones that, yeah, so, I mean, look, I'm never going to give it to a Brit, but I've got to give Jason Kenny an honourable mention. I mean, come on. I, I mean, let's not be those people. I mean, I should have mentioned before during the Paris display, I kind of want to go to Paris. I'm kind of on board the French train. What's happened to Ben Waterworth? Jesus, five <laughs> years ago, you would have never gotten that out of me. Now I'm sort of giving a Brit a, a potential nod, but uh, Jason Kenny, good for him. Um, the other... <laughs> The other one I wanted to mention is Yumi Kajikara, who got the silver uh, in the Women's Omnium. That is Japan's first ever track cycling medal. And I thought uh, that was a pretty uh, interesting one. But, like, if I can sway you on this one, I'll sway you. Otherwise, I'm, I'm happy to go for our marathon guy. Uh, captain of the women's volleyball team, Jordan Larson. This is the woman who's won everything. Uh, she is one of the most decorated uh, and highly successful volleyball players in the world. Got a bronze in Rio, a silver in London. She was absolutely bawling her eyes out. She just was there. And, and like, if I could give it to a coach, I would give it to the coach of this team. He was like a beach volleyball and an indoor volleyball gold medalist. He's like, you know, the the Phil Jackson of US volleyball, it sounds like, in terms of the coaching ranks. So, And he was like, God, he was bawling his eyes out. It was actually quite emotional watching America win a gold medal. I'm like, Jesus, this is a country that's won the Olympics. But I'm like so happy for this team. And I, I got like goosebumps listening to their national anthem. I'm like, oh, this is great. But, um, yeah, I, I think Jordan Larson. I mean, I know we gave it to an American yesterday, so maybe that kind of cancels it out. But um, I, I will say we've also given it to athletics people before. We haven't given it to anyone from volleyball yet. So, you that's know. That's true. Just saying. Um, I still think that uh, team sports is a little bit tricky. Uh, although I do like the, you know, the, the story you had. Um, I, I would say leave it to Ben Waterworth for gender equity in the Olympics. You know what? The women's volleyball, let's give it to their male coach. <laughs> well, you know, I would have given it to a woman's coach. Is there any female coach of any men's teams? I don't know. I I'm actually, I'm actually more interested in uh, the the Japanese cyclist, like you said. But have we given it to a Japanese athlete yet? Actually, no, we haven't, because that was going to be my argument until I watched the volleyball. Because I'm thinking, like, well, no, we haven't given it to a Japanese. I mean, this was, I think, it's pretty interesting. Like, it always fascinates me in a particularly a home Olympics when you win medals in sports you've never done it before. Um, I'm sure mm-hmm. you had it in Vancouver, but I know in Sydney, like Simon Fairweather winning gold in archery is is still one of the most randomest gold medals. It's up there with Chloe winning it in modern pentathlon. This is a sport we had never medaled in. Never. And out of nowhere, not only do we win a medal, we win a fucking gold medal. Uh, and it's just like uh, one of my favourite Olympic moments of all time is Simon Fairweather winning that. So you always have these events, and that's when I think we won our first ever judo medal, like just random sports that you would never equate us winning a medal in. And we did. Yeah. Uh, so for Japan to get a track cycling medal, I mean, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. And you know what? I, honestly, I think that, uh, you know, a gold medalist would almost be more fitting for the final day. But I also have been sort of saying from the beginning, my, my argument from the beginning is let's spread it out. Let's, you know, recognize athletes from all over the place. And I think it's appropriate to give it to somebody from Japan on the final day. I mean, it's been an incredible games for them. So 
I'm I'm all for that. I, I'll I'll just say as as long as when we do our athlete the games, which you and Jared will reveal tomorrow, uh, I'm definitely putting Elliot in my list for that one now, just so he kind of gets an honorable mention. But yeah, I'll, let's okay. go Japan. Like seriously, there have been a lot of times in these games I've wanted to put up a Japanese athlete because you keep looking at those stories. It's their games. It's their it's a tough games for them. We, they keep talking about how tough it is for the Canadian athletes, the Australian athletes, the American athletes, the Chinese, everybody, because their family's not here. We're talking about people in their home country and their families can't be there. Like that's even tougher. So uh, and yeah, great games for Japan and great, great, great event, whatever your name is. Yumi <laughs> Kijahara. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you because, like, I mean, again, that's that's always the fun of, of a home Olympics is, is watching the home nations and, like, you always see those stories and everything. And, again, like, I can list 100 from Sydney that every Australian would remember. Uh, I mean, even as, a you know, I didn't have much of a connection back to Canada in 2010, but, I mean, you know, I can think of – it's weird that I always just have this weird connection with Canada that even I get, like, those weird feels in me when I think of certain gold medals back from Vancouver. So, yeah, it's always – that and it's, it's, it's such a shame that you don't get to see that in Tokyo that unfortunately yeah and like the thing I really should have mentioned last night when they won the gold and the baseball they won the, both the baseball and the softball and in both they beat America so pretty yeah. good for Japan to bring those in when they did exactly what they expected to do so Australian rules football Brisbane 2032 it's in and also uh, one more thing to kind of add uh, I think we're, I was talking about uh, one of my athletes today suggestion yesterday was uh, the, the Japanese guy who won the kata Oh karate. yeah, and he had his mum. The frame and his mum—that was quite sad. Did yeah, you see well, that? I think I'm pretty sure that they dropped his name as the flag bearer. So I mean, good consolation prize—you missed the athlete of the day, but yeah, we'll, we'll give you flag bearer. So it's 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 a step down, we know, but it's a consolation. It's a good consolation, <laughs> right? <laughs> actually, wasn't he the flag bearer in the opening ceremony? Is that what they said in our coverage, or maybe they got? Oh, that was wrong? he? I don't know. I, I mean, he was I flag bearer somewhere. He carried a flag at one point in his life. Good for him. Um, but uh, no, <laughs> I'm yeah, just watching he... this Cuban lightweight. Gold medalist dancing. Andy Cruz. Oh, he's great. He's oh, only beat man. the Aussie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 put him up instead. Forget the Japanese. <laughs> the uh, the well, I mean, Cuba again have a, a, another great game. There are so many countries. And again, record mm. number ninety three nations won medals. This is a record. And I think that's important because I I I've, I've wanted to mention it a couple times throughout, but um, for me, basketball is a really tough sport. I I like basketball, but. When you just have one country dominating so much, it's not fun to watch. You can't get invested in it. Like, I got really invested at the end of the uh, the men's game uh, um, the other night when it looked like they might lose, or, or at least it looked like it was close, closer than you expect to see in oh, basketball it was a clo- finals. It was the clo- closest men's gold medal match in 72, so yeah. it, it was close, yeah. Yeah, so that got me a little bit more invested, but it's it's tough, and I think that our commentators even mentioned that. They're like, you know, it's good for the sport, when it's even close like this, yeah, because it's hard. It is hard to get invested when you just have countries below. We talked about with uh, the the Winter Olympics last time. You know how hard it is to actually get into women's hockey when it's just Canada and U.S. Well, every once in a while, you get a shakeup and it surprises you, and that that piques people's interest. So we, to have yeah. the game so spread out with all these countries having their best results ever, and this isn't me knocking America, but to have them kind of you know not deliver in the sprinting the way that they were expected to. The Simone Biles thing, have them not deliver in gymnastics the way they expected to. It opens it up, and it's a little bit more exciting because you don't know what's going to happen. I really actually like it's it. Yeah, I'm, maybe this is we're, obviously we're getting you to do a bit of a rap because we'll do more of a rap tomorrow. But I mean, ninety three can't. That's pretty. Cre- that's credible. That's nearly half the countries that compete at the Olympics. It was what two hundred and four, two hundred and eight, or something along those lines. So you're only ten or so away. From half the nations, I mean, you're never going to get that at a winter games when you've got, what, like 80-something mm-hmm. countries in, what, 
30 might win, 20 might win. It's just, that's just incredible to show that spread. And to see countries, you know, obviously Burkina Faso, San Marino, Turkmenistan, won their very first ever medals, you know, Philippines, Qatar, Bermuda, their first gold medals. Just like, it's, it's incredible that this is happening. And, yeah, I mean, we're very close to potentially getting 100 countries win gold medals at an Olympic Games, which is just insane. I mean, yeah, okay, you can argue, well, you've gotten the most events in Olympic history. Sure, that, that equates it. I get it. Like, more events mean more medal chances. I mean, Fiji were never going to win medals until they introduced rugby and fine, but still, like, it, it gives them that chance to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's great. I mean, I don't know what the great nations of breakdancing are, but... You know, um, France. Clearly, I didn't realize the French are so good at breakdown. I realized they're good at breaking, but like I didn't realize break dancing. So you know, good for them. But and um, like you know what, if we're gonna introduce anything in Paris, why is it not free running? Let's have parkour well, as an Olympic sport. Finally, fun fact about that, Colin. I was having a conversation with our New Zealand correspondent Nick Chista uh, about this recently. Uh, kind of ironic you bring this up. He was actually telling me that the head of the World Parkour Foundation is apparently a Kiwi. And apparently gymnastics are trying to steal parkour to put it as part of their federation so they can include it in the Olympics. But parkour nice. are like, no, 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 no. So they're apparently winning this fight. But, um, yeah, because apparently Nick was saying that parkour was never really intended to be competitive. It was more mm-hmm. kind of like, a, hey, we're just rebels jumping on buildings and shit. But um, interesting. And skateboarding that like- was never intended to be competitive. And look where it is. Yeah, thanks, Tony Hawk. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, commentary, again, I don't really like calling these fails. Commentary moments, I guess. Um, do you have any? I've got I've got a few from both TV and closing. Well, the same thing, but that's sports and closing. That's what I mean. Uh, th- there's one that wasn't Canadian, but um, the men's volleyball, which I think that's another thing. I, I, I think it might have happened yesterday. But uh, France winning that, which was just groundbreaking because they never made it past the quarterfinals, uh, was incredible. So this is a day late, but it was great because the British commentators, when the French won, I don't know if you saw, but immediately their their victory celebration was they started playing the can-can music and all the guys were like, da, 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 da. <laughs> It was hilarious. And the British commentator was like, can-can, you name that dance. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, if you ask anyone in volleyball, who you want to have for a good night under the town, they're going to say France. <laughs> wow. Um, the only Canadian one to get going along with our, our mildly racist comments, there was one point early in the marathon where uh, Kipchoge and uh, the, one of the Brazilians were right at the front of the pack. And they did like a fist bump and uh, summoned each other. And then all of a sudden they're like, the commentator's like, did you see that? It's like, I think they just fist bumped each other on the course. And they go back, they cut to a replay. And I think the Brazilian gave, or the, the Kipchoge gives him like a thumbs up, like, yeah. And then the Brazilian goes for the, the fist bump. And at first he ignores him. And then eventually the, as they're running, boom, like that. <laughs> and so the commentators are going on or the, that. They're like, oh, that's fantastic. You know, the, the Kenyan and the Brazilian, you know, camaraderie on the course. And then there's a pause and there's like, I couldn't tell you which is which, though. <laughs> one is clearly Kenyan and one is clearly Brazilian. Not to mention, if you can't see color, they've got the country's names and their names on the bib. You can't tell who's who. Bra or Ken uh, usually gives it away. <laughs> One flag's green, the other's like black and red. Kind of different. <laughs> one guy's black, one guy's South <laughs> <Latino>. American. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> any more or is that? No, that's it. 
That's all I got. Um, for the sports ones today, I mentioned already Channel 7 inflating their own tires. Oh, day 16, so much live sports. Let's check out a replay of the skateboarding from a couple of days ago. <laughs> um, I do love, again, that I've mentioned this a few times, that Channel 7, every single time we would win a gold medal, it's like, show the medal tally, we're in fourth, look how good we're doing. Today, it was... Let's look at the medal tally. Oh, tally schmally. It doesn't tell the story of all those other medals. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've dro- dropped down. Um, I did love the confusion around uh, Yumi when she won the track silver. Uh, so we've got Animes and I think it's Scott McGrory in the commentary box. And um, I think it was Scott said, and that's Japan's first ever track medal. To which Animes goes, uh Oh, is that Japan's first medal of these games in track cycling? <laughs> just this awkward pause. Actually, apparently it was a record too for most uh, nations to win medals in track cycling. 16 countries, first uh, most ever in an Olympics. The volleyball was weird because I'm watching it on the app and I, we got, I don't know, just the, the standard world feed. It was some British guy. And like... I talked about the Scottish commentator for, like, the taekwondo dropping puns. He was on board. This British guy, like, I don't know if he knew what he was doing. He was like, yes, and here come the medalists. Of course, those in third, the bronze medalists. And in front of them, the second place getters, who will, of course, get a silver medal. And there are the champions. They are the number one, and that gives them the gold. Um, but then I love them when they get there. They're like, yes, and these are the three teams that are the medalists for volleyball. They all did their best. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, one team did. They got the gold. <laughs> I want this guy in like the opening ceremony. Like, and here we have under the A's, Algeria, followed by alphabetically Argentina, also under the A's. <laughs> Yes, and that is a country that, of course, is on the planet Earth. <laughs> we like to call Earth. <laughs> um, one thing I've, I want to mention, I, I think Jared talked about it at one point, and I completely keep forgetting about rock. Like, I've not, I've talked about finally seeing a Canadian gold medal ceremony, you know, I saw an American one, I saw a French one, I saw the handball, like, dun, 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 dun. can we rank national anthems of the world? That's a fun episode. Yeah. Um, but I finally saw because Rock played France in the handball and they do this stupid national anthems before the thing. I finally saw the Tchaikovsky. And it's so <laughs> weird because you've got like the French girls, like, oh, they're proud. And you've just got a bunch of like, I don't know how many women are on a handball team, let's say 20, awkwardly just going, mm-hmm, while you've just got like, like, that's not. There is no tears then? No, but oh, they're like it's such a beautiful so. Or, like, I got to say, I honestly kind of do feel sorry for the Russians who are clean because, like, I mean, yeah. it must be awkward going to an Olympics. So, like, the peak of sport, you've done nothing wrong. Your country's fucked up, and you're there wearing a half-assed effort at your own country, and you're like, <laughs> you finally reach the pinnacle, and you see again. Please, Tchaikovsky lovers, do not complain that that is not Tchaikovsky. I don't know, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of awkward. Um, the closing ceremony, outside what I mentioned, the thing I've got to... Channel 7, um, just got to inflate their own sport. So Jared and I had a bit of a whinge the other night about kind of the ads. The one ad that they've shown, which is really cool, they've got like this smoke on the water epic trailer track and they're showing like these are the sports that are coming up in the next six months. So you've got, 
you know, you've got a promo for the AFL finals. You've got uh, our big uh, car race, the Bathurst 1000. You've got the cricket coming up, you know, just really pumping it up. You've got the winter. Like, it's really good. Gives you goosebumps. Great montage. Channel 7 thought, well... How about, how do we advertise? How do we do this? How do we do something before the closing ceremony that we can get famous people and make them advertise for us by not only advertising what we've got coming, but how great our coverage was of these Olympics. So they got Joanna Griggs, who I love, Joanna Griggs, great TV host in this country. They got her on a Zoom call to which she got basically stars from each of these sports that are coming on a Zoom call to talk about their favourite moments of the Olympics. You had Mark Winterbottom, his actual name, a V8 supercar champion, a very uh, solid race car driver in this country, to which he's like, oh, yeah, I loved Rowan Browning winning his heat because I'm a racing car driver and I like going fast. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, Curtis McGrath, one of our Paralympians, because they were pumping up the Paralympics as well, yeah, Jess Fox, like, you know, she won a canoeing medal and I know her. Great, cool. Everything was like, watch the Paralympics coming soon on Channel 7. Uh, You had Tim Payne, the captain of the Australian Test Cricket Team, proud Tasmanian. Who do you think he chose, Colin? As a proud Tasmanian, who do you think he chose? Titmus. Of course. And he said, oh, Ariane (laughs) Titmus, as a fellow Tasmanian, it was great. He, He did it. Fantastic. One that you'll know, Britt Cox, getting there, ready to advertise the Winter Olympics. There she was on the Zoom call, looking all fresh and bright and wishing she never came on our show. Talking <laughs> up our boxer, Sky Nicholson, because, you know, the, the sad interview she gave and it was inspirational and Britt's there going, oh, and I really just can't wait for Beijing because we're going to, you know, we're going to get all the Tokyo people and we're going to pump our time, great. And then you had Patrick Dangerfield, who is an AFL footballer, plays for Geelong, very good football player. Uh, he's talking about uh, the the Aussie in the 10,000 metres who collapsed and then picked himself up and, like, walked across the line, basically. Then he starts interviewing the other people. Like, Patrick Dangerfield's, like, going, like, oh, tell me, Brett Cox, how are you feeling? And, like, it's not your job. Let Joanna do a job. <laughs> and then you had Jamie Carr, who's a jockey, so ahead of the Melbourne Cup, which is our big horse race. She's talking up Andrew Hoy. And then Joanna Griggs is like, oh, have you ever thought about going to the Olympics? And she's like, well, it was my dream as a kid. And, oh, exclusive on Channel 7. She's going to be switching from, like, horsies to horses at the Olympics. So it's just like a, a like a 15-minute wank fest for Channel 7 Sports featuring our super... It'd be like if CBC were like, and here's, you know, Austin Matthews talking about his favourite. Coming soon, the NHL returns on CBC. Like, you know, it's, it was just weird. <laughs> anyway, that was mine. That was it. Um, actually, the one thing, I, before uh, I... Oh, please, please, Colin, yes. What we have to This is not to do with commentary, but you guys asked a question on uh, the last episode I wasn't on yes. uh, when you were talking about the voice uh, yes. being shown over the... Does very Canada angry. have something like this? We do, but it has me very intrigued. It's a show called Race the Tide, and huh? it is a reality competition show about sandcastle building. Oh. And it looks amazing. Like I'm saying right now, can be on the Oz Network or whatever, but we have to cover an episode of Race the Tide. You know, you'd think that would shock me, but I live in a country where we have reality shows about building Lego and um, <laughs> putt-putt. There's putt-putt reality shows. They get cele- like C-list celebrities play putt-putt golf. That's apparently a, a reality show. So, um, yeah, and The Voice started tonight, Colin. Yay! It was on before oh, the closing ceremony. I got to wait till next month for Race the Tide. Oh, come on. You're missing out. Keith Urban, <laughs> Guy Sebastian of Judges, Rita Ora and Jessica Malboy. Get behind him. Um, before I get some thoughts for you, because you're not going to be with us tomorrow night in terms of, of the Olympics, just as your sort of concluding words for Tokyo. 
Um, the most watched event, I can tell you, for both Canada and Australia. Now, oh, yeah. I'll give you, you you talk, I mean, the, the one is obvious, I think, for you guys, but the, what was the Canadian most watched event of these Olympics? Uh, it was the women's soccer uh, finals, which was something like 4.4 million people. Uh, put that in perspective, this was something that started at 7 in the morning, Winnipeg time. So you're talking eight in the morning for the East coast. You're talking uh, five in the morning for the West coast. Uh, you know, hockey finals have happened like that. So, I mean, you would get ratings like this for the Olympic hockey finals, but to have any summer sport getting ratings like this is ridiculous to have it be soccer as well, which we only recently got like kind of our first professional soccer league in Canada. Uh, a lot of people kind of make the argument that like the, the woman's bronze medal put soccer on the map in Canada. That's completely true. But I mean, this is going to like shatter everything. This is going to become such a huge sport. Now you're, you're going to have TV deals all of a sudden coming in. There's a lot of people who are already are talking about this because, you know, oh, this means there's actually going to be like a proper TV deal for soccer and everything. 4.4 uh, million people, to put it in perspective for any Americans who are listening, Canada one-tenth the population. This would be as if 44 million people tuned into an Olympic event at five in the morning. That's how huge this was. Who, who's the Winnipeg team in the uh, the CPL? Oh, I wish I remembered the name now. Um, I've yet to see a game of theirs. I'll have to look it up. See, I've got... Although can, I, can, I, I wanted to say also, we, we went over like the Manitoba Athletes. Uh, you know, the Team Canada website had Manitoba Athletes. That's your team, the Volkswagen. Get, get on board on Pacific FC. BC's <laughs> team. Vancouver doesn't have a team, but Victoria does. Get on the get on board the Isles. Pacific. Look, I even was a player. Look, it's my own name. <laughs> <laughs> we have Val- Valor FC as our name. That's right. I didn't yeah. know that. We've talked about this before. Um, uh, but, but I wanted is- to say we went over all the the Manitoba athletes and everything that uh, were going to be coming here. I don't think they mentioned Desiree Scott, who's one of the few veterans on the women's soccer team, but. Winnipeg is bringing home a gold medal now. And I, I nice. thought she wasn't playing because Team Canada's website, I don't think, had her listed. But that's a, that's one of our top players is from Winnipeg. So there we go. Both of our home countries are bringing home a gold. Tell you what, Colin, you should you should get to work during that. You should uh, you should contact our friend um, our Brit. You should uh, see if you can get some media access and go and interview these people and, you know, do that. You know? There's a, a local radio show after the last Olympics that tried to get Desiree Scott on. They end up getting Desiree Scott's mom. So I don't know if she does a lot of media, but hey, we can try. <laughs> you can get a dad. Why not? Um, to put that into context, I'm just looking here at the list of most watched broadcasts in Canada. And for 2021, so what did you say? 4.4 million. So that is in sixth mm-hmm. place here. So that got more viewers than game five of the Stanley Cup finals. Um, so they get, Euro 2020 got three points. Really? That many people in that? Um, your most watched ever broadcast. Can you hedge a bet at what that would be in the history of Canada? Vancouver 2010 hockey finals. Correct. The gold medal game got 16.6 million. And behind that, the closing ceremony and then the opening ceremony. Uh, <laughs> I believe, I'm pretty sure Australia's most watched, uh, is the Sydney opening ceremony. Although, I think like the MasterChef finale one year randomly beat something. It was it was embarrassing when I saw that. <laughs> um, what do you think the most watched event of these Olympics were for Australia? This is see, I would have said something to swim, but I think swimming it happens so fast, it's replayed so many times. There's not going to be like I must tune into this, so I'm going to assume it's going to be a team sport. Um, I'm going to take a gamble and say it was the basketball the other night. 
Look, I thought it would be too. Uh, I know they put uh, very high ratings for the Kookaburra's gold medal game as well, because I know a lot of hockey people were sharing that. Um, no. According to what I read today, the most watched event at these Olympics for Australia was Rowan Browning's semi-final of the 100 metres. Yep. <laughs> that was the most watched. Can you believe that? Uh, and you wow. you questioned us the other day while we were talking about this, and I said, like, this is a pretty big deal that we've got that. The mullet the mullet got things. Uh, he, he got up there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there you go. That is a, apparently, I'm seeing the headlines today, that that was the most watched uh, event. You know what's su- What's surprising yeah. about that is, I mean, you tell me what the media said going in. I know you're excited to have a sprinter in there. He shocked everybody by winning his heat, but people are tuning in before that happens. So what was driving them to tune in when they didn't think he had a shot? The mullet. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and just quickly, to, to answer myself, I've got the 10 most watched broadcasts in Australia of all time. Uh, the MasterChef one didn't make. Maybe that was just in terms of like normal, regular programming. So uh, going through here, sports-wise, number eight, you've got Lionel Rose versus Alan Rudkin, a boxing match from 1964. The Sound of Music in 1977 is the ninth most-watched program ever. Uh, the in Number six, the 1984 Summer Olympics opening ceremony. At number five, the wedding of Prince William and Catherine Middleton. At number four, the Sydney opening ceremony. At number three, the Sydney closing ceremony. The two most watched broadcasts in Australian history. Number two, the wedding of Prince Charles and Princess Di. And at number one, the funeral of Princess Diana. <laughs> Man, you love Diana there. I know. Number one and number two. You, you see, I, I imagine if they broadcast her birth, that would be number three. Now imagine if she had a mullet, what those ratings <laughs> could have been. Well, she didn't have a mullet. Have you not seen her in the 80s? <laughs> Um, what are your overall thoughts though, Colin? I mean, I, I will have more of a structure probably tomorrow night on our proper episode, but I mean, you're obviously not going to be there, I but be I mean, how, how have you enjoyed these games? Final thoughts, standouts, uh, disappointments, anything else you want to add here? Uh, I, I think we came into this really questioning, would it be weird without the crowds? And I think the biggest surprise is the crowds didn't make that big of, I mean, I'm sure it would have been even more incredible with the crowds, but they really found clever ways to hide it with production. There was limited fake crowd noise because I think in a lot of cases, the people there were willing to make a lot of noise. Um, I know Damian Warner was being interviewed and they were talking about how, you know, before he was going for his uh, different events, you know, he'd do the whole clap. Like everybody get into it. We see a lot of athletes do that. And he was being asked, like, is it weird to do that when there's no crowd? And he goes, to be honest, I wasn't doing it for the crowd. I was doing it because the people there, the, the coaches, the other teams got so much behind you that it really was helpful. So uh, I really think that made a huge difference having athletes there. And I think the athletes did sort of go out of their way to be, you know, I, I, even if it's not my country, I'm going to make as much noise as possible because it's good for everybody. That really, I think, covered for a lot because overall, this would go down as one of my favorite Olympics I've ever watched. Like, there are so many great moments. I don't feel like, you know, there were necessarily as many, you know, classic moments. Like, are, are we going to be talking about this 20, 30 years from now? But there were so many surprises, I think, was one of the big things. Uh, you know, the the men's 100 meter, uh, that was just like, where, where did that come from? That was one of my favorite reactions yeah. to you of this entire Olympics. Because I'm uh, doing that commentary. <laughs> you're like, I don't know what happened. I'm just like, oh, the Italian one. And you're like, an that? Italian? <laughs> 
it, like you you never expect something to see something like that uh i think a lot of the new sports were really intriguing too uh every time they introduce new sports typically it's something where you're like oh that's interesting i mean sport climbing 3x3 basketball those are incredible i thought karate was great uh i thought that surfing and skateboarding were so bad that i almost want to see them back again just so we could mock it and work it into a commentary next time but uh, obviously complete uh complete bombs for those but I mean, overall, I think that it was a surprisingly entertaining games. And I think so many people delivered. We saw so many bests from countries, uh, world records being set in this type of heat. That's something I never expected to see. Um, and for the most part, you know, we, we mentioned how the opening ceremonies were a letdown because they're just reminding us, hey, it's a it's a pandemic and all that. I think what what really worked for the rest of the games is that they didn't remind you that. Like I was mentioning with the crowds, the athletes being that audience so that you're not thinking, oh, these are COVID games. And, oh, imagine how much different this would be with a crowd. It's, yeah, I mean, I don't want to sort of go too much into it because I'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow night. But one thing I'll say is... It, it, it surprised me at how much I ended up enjoying it. Um, and I kind of said a few times, I think, during our episodes, that, like, these are the best games ever. But, I mean, I don't want to maybe call that right now. But, yeah, I think, you know, as an Australian, obviously, it's incredibly successful. Uh, great to see Canada do so well. We put that sort of montage up of all the different medalists on our social media, which is kind of a cool little picture showing them all. To see so many other countries do well and just... It went by so quickly as well, which is interesting. I mean, the Olympics generally do when you're you're enjoying them, but it was just it was just so fascinating. I, I really it it got to a point where I was almost forgetting the Olympics were on this year, just because you know you're not expecting them to be on in 2021, mm-hmm. and kind of so much other stuff has happened. So, um, yeah, like I I think kind of just in a brief summary, maybe I'll kind of think about this a little bit more to, ahead of our episode tomorrow when I can kind of have some more thoughts of it, like. I'd rank these very highly in terms of Olympics overall. Um, I would definitely say I've enjoyed these more than Rio. Uh, and that's not to take away from Rio. I'm not saying Rio were a bad Olympics. But, um, yeah, I just think that kind of, as you said, maybe there's nothing super memorable about it in terms of like, you know, we're not going to be talking about the same boldness or this sort of stuff. But I still think there's enough to kind of go on, you know. Um, and, yeah, I'll probably talk a bit more about the sports tomorrow night. Uh, but, yes, get fucked skateboarding. Um <laughs> 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 Outside of that, uh, I mean, I, I came around on surfing. Sports climbing was epic. 3x3 was great. Karate, from what I saw, was fine. Um, so, yeah. But uh, I will say, Colin, because, um, again, you're not on tomorrow night. Let's give the uh, the off-the-podium medal tally for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, shall we? Zero gold, two silver, and three bronze. for a, No, two bronze, sorry. Because I'm adding my own in there. That's a bit selfish, Ben. Let's try that again. Zero gold, two silver, two bronze, four in total. We'll take that. Like, you're, you're declaring yeah. the curses in the purse. So, for you, it is. You did very well. You got zero, two, two. I got zero, zero, one. So, you know. But and do just... we count that one? Because the whole reason we talked about the curse in the first place is because we weren't going to count Charles Hamlin's relay in uh, Pyeongchang. I, look... I will not officially declare the curse over until we get a gold medal. I'm saying it right now. Uh, I oh. think I think it's fair. Like, I think that's fair. You know, we're I, not Kazakhstan. <laughs> I'm really torn on that because I'm thinking, like, let's get Mikhail Kingsbury on here because if there is any guaranteed goal for Beijing, it's Mikhail Kingsbury. But until now I'm thinking, if we show. get him on here, we're going to ruin that gold. We can't do that to him. I don't want now any on. interviews anymore. I'm not advertising this curse to anyone. Uh, it's that simple. <laughs> Certainly not the people who are getting ready to defend their gold medal. 
I might, I might do a graphic that will show sort of our guests what they've won. Because I think it's, it's kind of cool. Like, in all seriousness, yeah. we've had guests on the show that have gone on to win four Olympic medals. Uh, not to take away from Charles, obviously, winning a bronze in Pyeongchang, but we sort of didn't really have a lot of the social media going back there. But, I mean, we've got a lot planned in the lead up to Beijing, and it would be very nice to kind of walk away with the gold. But, I mean, realistically... I'm the one who's more cursed than you are. And let's not even get started on the fact that no Australian has ever won a medal on this show after appearing on it. Canadian. They're all Canadian medals. Yeah. Okay. Hey, there's another thing. There's the thing. It's Australians that are cursed by coming on this show. And Americans. Abdi didn't win. Um, has Miles made the team yet for next year? I don't think so. Um, so um, we'll keep an eye on this. But, like, when we get a gold medal... I'm not saying if, when we get a gold medal, we're going to celebrate the shit out. Maybe we need to start getting youth Olympic athletes on. You'll have to interview. I'm not allowed to interview the youth. but um, <laughs> There are know. restraining orders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, I, I'm proud of that. Like, how, how many athletes did we have going into this? I think we had like nine, didn't we? Um, yeah, nine athletes in total to get four medals. And like Four of them, yeah. Four of them got medals. So that's pretty good. Well, actually, no, three of them got medals because Kylie no. won. Evan, Evan, Kylie, oh, Evan, oh, you're right, Aaron, dude. and Brendan. My counting skills. You're still not there. counting your own guy. You're like, I'm Four, so associating myself. I'm not counting Brendan Rodney. Um, obviously, I'll probably tease a little bit more about what we've got coming up in terms of there. But uh, are there any athletes for yourself that you're going to be? hoping to get on because like, obviously you haven't reached out to anyone yet, but I mean, is there any say like of the four that we've had, would you like to get Kylie back on Evan? Would you like to get Aaron yeah. Brendan on? And are there other Canadian ones that you're going to be keen to try and track down to get on the show? Medalists or no medalists? I mean, you know, all of the ones who, who went on to medal, I think it would be great to get back on particularly Kylie, because she did break the, we could tell her, listen, there was a curse and you broke it for us. So <laughs> eternal thanks to you. But Evan would be the one I'm really excited about because, you know, he is such a champion of race walking. And, uh, you know, this is sort of the, as far as we know, the end of race walking for him. Um, I'm actually really intrigued to see if we can get some guests from other countries. Cause you know, again, we've had, you know, one Jamaican on here before. We've had a couple of Americans. We've had mostly Australian Canadians. I think we got a great lineup of uh, athletes from other countries to get on. Uh, but uh, even as far as just the Australians and Canadians, uh, for the Canadians, I mean, we know we're not going to get Summer Macintosh yet. Ben's uh, not allowed. Damn but uh, if we can get any of the other swimmers, and Maggie McNeil would be fantastic. I'd love to see if I could break Maggie McNeil too, get her to kind of laugh or smile on the show. I think that would be... <laughs> Uh, a feather in the cap for us. Um, Damian Warner would be like, that's the ultimate. I'll also say Mo Ahmed, just as far as like who would make a great interview. Mo Ahmed would be a great interview. Uh, but uh, I think we all know now who our number one athlete to get after these games is. She is Australian. So if we're going to give a most entertaining athlete of the games to, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And were they in the javelin then? <laughs> I think it was the javelin, wasn't it? Um, can I just say... And again, this is the off the podium brag session, but I want to point out that uh, of all the likes and the social media interactions we've had of these Olympic games, we've had Zach, mm -hmm. Zach again today. Zach liked our post today. We've had Penny, Penny liked us, Penny liked Penny? us. Get on board there. Get on board the Penny love. Um, I want to say that our Sam Marinian uh, shooter liked a couple of our posts that we tagged her in, so we're on board there. Aaron Brown this morning? I saw that, yes, exactly. Our French dressage rider liked us. Our Lithuanian modern pentathlete liked our post. Our Russian sports climber, who I put the wrong photo <laughs> up, but then corrected it, she liked our post. There you go. Can I proudly say 
that Nicola McDermott liked our post oh. today. <laughs> She's on board, the javelin champion. Uh- <laughs> I love that. Her diary has become such a big thing. I love that she's posting pictures from inside her diary now. Well, the thing, the the one that actually is like standing out too is that she wrote like a letter to herself 10 years ago or something saying like, mm-hmm. I am going to go on to win a medal in high jump and now that's making the rounds. I'm so animated. I whack things. Um, <laughs> but no, she she is just an absolute star. And I, I will say two things actually I forgot to mention on the coverage last night once we got off air. I, I said like, oh, is Andrew Gaze crying? Andrew, the, Andrew Gaze's speech has gone viral today after the Boomers win. So, like, basically everyone was crying. And Andrew Gaze, who, for people who don't know, he's basically Australia's Michael Jordan. He's Australia's greatest ever basketball player. And he he carried the the flag in, in the Sydney opening ceremony. Um, he was, like, in tears. He's literally there going, like, you have no idea what this means to this sport in this country. Like, like this has been something that we have been trying for 62 years. Uh, and, like, this is the the greatest thing. And it was, it was really emotional. But then Nicola McDermott's interview... Like, just what you expect. She's basically like, oh, this is amazing, great. You know, Jesus was with me and faith and, like, and then, like, the the sideline reporter guy, why does Jesus mean so much to you? Tell us about your faith. And it was actually kind of quite, like, sweet because she was basically going on about saying that, like, she was an outcast, she didn't really have anyone, she was sort of, you know, alone and sort of ignored at school and then she found faith and then she felt accepted. Um, and I was like, it was like, again, I'm not a religious person and this is not me bagging out her faith, anything along those lines, but it was a, it was just like a really sweet interview and just everything you would expect from her. Um, so yeah. She's so much fun. Like she that is. would be an interview. I, 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 she likes us. She likes our post. So, you know, I've got my <laughs> list, so I've got plenty to get through there. Colin, um, 180 days to Beijing. That's, that's all we can mm-hmm. say. I mean, the real Olympics are on in, in basically five and a bit months. The real ones, the ones we actually... I don't want to jinx it, though. I mean, we probably said at one point 180 days to Tokyo and a couple hundred more on top of that. It's China, though. China doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> China started this thing. Like, I mean... <laughs> oh, let's not go there, Ben. <laughs> um, they're fine. Um <laughs> But, I mean, I'll obviously, again, mention a bit more about tomorrow, uh, sort of what we've got coming. But, um, again, I, I love any Olympics. I feel we need to start doing Youth Olympics episodes. Again, I'm probably not allowed on them. Um, there's a reason why we probably maybe? don't. Well, I mean, look, I, I wouldn't be opposed to doing a Paralympics episode. Like, I feel you like people what? think we're just going to be cruel. But, like, no, like, Paralympics are, like, some of the most amazing sport you will ever watch. These people are just uh, incredible. Athletes, in all honesty, athletes, if, if people if people want to know why we don't cover the Paralympics, it has nothing to do with us being against Paralympics. We are so burned out after doing this every single day for the Olympics. So like, you need time to recover. So that's the only reason, really, that the Paralympics isn't covered on here. I mean, I would love to talk about the Paralympics. And there's also about ten times the events. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, the hundred meter sprint. There's not just a hundred meter sprint. There's like eighty categories for the hundred meter sprint. So mm-hmm. maybe we can do it. Like, I mean, maybe we can just do a wrap. Maybe we'll see how we go. We haven't talked about it. Um, but yeah, uh, outside of that, Olympics wise, Beijing get pumped up, and we'll talk more about some of our coverage we've got coming up. But Colin, thank you. It, uh, I think you made all but four episodes. Did you not? Or yeah. That's not yeah. bad. Uh, when, when I look back, we talked about how uh, after the fact, you know, I was sick during, um, uh, what was it, the Pyeongchang game, so I missed a couple. I mean, when we get to the next one, I'll tell stories about what a challenge it was for me to be on even the, the what, 12 episodes I've been on this one. Uh, it's, it's, been, it's been an exhausting two weeks, but this has been my highlight. 
What about the commentary, though? Did you have a the fact that we kind of introduced this? I think oh. it turned into a lot more than we thought it would, but I loved it. I thought it was fun. What was your favorite yeah, commentary? Uh, again, you know, a little peek behind the scenes. I mean, the commentary, you know, sometimes we do this where it's, you know, live or we'll do it right before we start recording our episode. Uh, but a lot of these were like, all right, who can be ready at like 7 o'clock in the evening or for you guys, 10 o'clock in the morning? to do 20 minutes of commentary. Uh, that also, I think, was some of the most fun we've had. I think that, you know, uh, it'd be good if we can, if we can plan this so well in advance where we know, okay, we're not going to have to fill dead air or whatever. Uh, we're going to have the right sports. I mean, I, I think that will be kind of the highlight of the next Olympics because you want to talk about what's been the most fun, these Olympics, doing those commentaries. And it's funny because I showed the first one to Jamie. She's like, well, I don't find it that funny. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't find it that funny. Where I actually challenged myself every time after that. I'm like, you're going to sit down and listen to this. And she got some good laughs out of it. So come on, we broke Jamie. She found some of it funny. Got to say, actual tagline of our show. It's actually not that funny. Uh, <laughs> that's lit off the podium. Glad to teach it. But like, honestly, I took funny. a lot of pride in our commentary because I think we, we sort of, we had done this before where it was more just us having fun spur of the moment. But to plan it out, where, okay, this is what we're going to be commentating. Prepare yourselves. Think about what you want to say. Uh, and then, you know, go in and sort of wing it. I mean, it's not easy to fill that much dead air. I think overall we did a pretty good job. I think we, we produced, some, produced some entertaining stuff. What I'm going to send you, and I think I've said this to you multiple times. We've talked a lot about in the past Roy and HG uh, here in Australia. I'm going to send you uh, all their Olympics. So they did Sydney, Salt Lake, and Athens. And you need to watch particularly Sydney because you will see the inspiration for this. Their commentary made just, it, it made headlines in this country with how funny it was. And if you listen to uh, an upcoming interview we may have coming in a, in a week or so with a luge athlete, you will hear how Roy and HG affects the sport in this country based on their commentary of it, that people have an opinion of luge in Australia. And she's like, yeah, it's a bit hard to kind of shake that opinion of luge in this country after Roy and HG's commentary. So um, I will I will send it to you um, eventually. We'll get there. We've got Bond coming up soon. We've got a lot of shit happening in our lives. So um, you've got 180 days to watch about six couple hour long episodes of Roy and HG. So, um, and when you get to Salt Lake, you may hear a certain co-host mentioned on it because I did have a letter read out and it made the DVD. Ooh. So my name is on it and that's me. Were, you, were get- you, were you telling everybody to drink a nice can of slam? No, I wasn't. Um, it basically was um, on spoiler alert. I, I don't know if I'm going to talk about this before. So, when they used to talk about Juan Antonio Samarach, they would always go, His Excellency. So they would go like, blah, 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 Juan Antonio Samarach, His Excellency, and they would bow. So my friend and I used to, whenever our school principal walked past, we would go, oh, His Excellency. So I, I sent a letter into them because they would have like a daily letter. And so they read it like, this one comes from Ben. It's like, every time we see our school principal, we go, His Excellency. And then they just laughed about it and moved on. So um, I made the school newsletter. They put it in the school <laughs> newsletter that week. Ben Waterworth was mentioned. I'm like, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. You know, so. you know all those things that are going around social media about then and now, how it was going then, how it's going now with these Olympians. <laughs> I want that for Ben. How it's going then, how it's going now. <laughs> I think, I, I legitimately, I think if you go through my Instagram, um, I posted it maybe, possibly during Pyeongchang, or maybe it was during uh, go all the way back to Sochi. If you really want to go that, but I, I post too much on Instagram. Anyway, Colin, 
I will say thank you very much for everything that you have done during these Olympics. We're not saying goodbye to you, of course. You will be on our interviews and that in the coming weeks when we've got some more to go through, so we're looking forward to that. But uh, it's been an effort. Uh, it has been a, it's been a bit of an effort, uh, but I really do appreciate uh, all your help and everything that you have done uh, throughout the last two weeks. So, uh, yeah, bring on Beijing. Bring on Beijing. Bring it on. Bring it on. We will be back tomorrow for one final Tokyo episode. Jared and I will be going over more of a wrap. Uh, not wrapping because we can't. Well, Jared might be able to. I don't know. But we will be wrapping up more of the games and talking a little bit more. And we'll have a athlete of the games, which we're somehow voting on off air tomorrow. I don't know how we're doing this. We'll work it out. Uh, likes on Facebook. All the social media channels. Subscribe. We appreciate all the support and everyone who's uh, chatted to us and everything on Twitter and everything's been fantastic. Our numbers go through the roof. We've loved every single one of them. And uh, as a, a podcast that lives on ratings, uh, we might be kept on for another season. Uh, who knows? We might We've be been renewed. renewed. We'll be renewed. Uh, until then, thanks for tuning off the podium. We'll speak to you tomorrow night. Good night. Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so.